This is Window on the East, a podcast from BNE Intellinews. Subscribe at bne.eu. Hello and welcome to Window on the East with me, Ben Aris, the editor of BNE Intellinews. The military phase in the Syrian conflict seems to be coming towards an end. There's only one outhold left. However, the situation remains extremely tense. Earlier this month, Syrian air defense forces accidentally shot down a Russian bomber when they were aiming at two Israeli fighters that were flying sorties against Iranian positions within Syria. What makes this conflict so complicated is there are many players, all with different interests. I sat down with former Israeli Prime Minister Ehud Olmert, who's negotiated with Putin many times over the whole tension in Syria and Iran's role in the region. Surprisingly, the relationships between Israel and Russia are quite good, if not totally friendly. He believes that Russia is playing a great game and stepping into a vacuum that's been left by the American withdrawal from influence in the region. So, Prime Minister, nice to meet you. Nice meeting you. The classifics of war is politics by all means, but it seems to me that whole situation in the Syria is as political as it possibly can. Everybody's got different agendas, very difficult to get everyone on board. And yet Israel and Russia are talking. Netanyahu met again with Putin in July, and I, I was reading that. He's met with Putin more often than any other world leader. So yeah. how, how would you characterize the relationship? Look, the situation in Syria is complex difficulties for a long period of time, since the uh, beginning of 2011. So this is a civil war which has uh, gone out of control, and the emergence of ISIS and the uh, Arab Caliphate, the Muslim Caliphate, and the uh, participation of these elements inside the uh, Syria during the time of a civil war and the confrontation between Abbas, Bashar Assad, and his own people, and at the same time, the confrontation with ISIS, and so on, that has created a big mess. Now, this is an internal uh, Syrian issue with possible influences and ramifications outside, of course, Syria. The question that Israel was considering was whether uh, we should penetrate uh, or, or intervene in this situation at the time when it started. Was it justified that we will intervene? We certainly could have uh, overthrown Bashar Assad at that time easily, uh, had we wanted. But uh, I think that uh, we figured out that it is not in the best interest of Israel to intervene in the internal affairs of a neighboring country in as long as it doesn't pose any immediate security danger to the state of Israel. And this was the uh, case until uh, sometimes the end of 2016, beginning of 2017. With the growing penetration of uh, Iran, Israel became a lot more concerned about the possible consequences of the Iranian presence in Syria, considering the instability, political instability of Syria itself. And at the same time also, the fact that America seemed to have weakened its penetration, its involvement in domestic affairs in the Middle East, 
uh, has opened up a big space for the Russians to increase their penetration. So now we are facing a situation where Syrian seems to have uh, Bashar Assad seems to have regained a little bit of his position in Syria. Uh, he depends on the one hand on the total protection of Russia and on the other hand on the uh, military presence of Iran. Now, again, we have no interest in intervening in the internal affairs if, uh, of Syria, but now we have another interest which is of, of obvious possible consequences, and this is that we don't want Iran, which is an enemy, uh, and a very vocal and aggressive enemy of Israel, to come close with military power uh, to uh, the borders of Israel because uh, we don't trust them. With Syria, we know how to deal easily. Iran is a different story. It doesn't belong to the area. With Syria, we have agreements, and they have kept these agreements of ceasefire since 1973 without any violation. With Iran, is a different story. On the other hand, the Russians seem to have exploited this very much to the benefit of their dominance in that area by allowing the Iranians to come into Syria, but also by supervising their entry into Syria so as not to upset a certain balance. And therefore, in the context of all this, the Israeli interest is to block any further expansion of Iran into Syria because of the obvious danger to the security of Israel. So, as but at the same time, not to get into any confrontation with Russia, which we don't see as an enemy of Israel, unlike the Iranians. The Russians are not an enemy of Israel. The Russians are not hostile to Israel. The Russians there, we recognize, are interested in protecting what they consider to be their interests. In as long as it doesn't jeopardize the security of Israel, it's one thing. If it jeopardizes the security of Israel, it's another thing. And we made it clear to Russia as well. You know, we will not attack Russia. Obviously, we are not idiots. But we will attack even those that the Russians protect if they endanger the state of Israel, and we do it. We attack the Iranians and will continue to attack the Iranians if they will try to expand in Syria. So, so I understand. The Israelis are committed to 200 uh, attacks, but specifically targeting Hezbollah and Iranian forces. Hezbollah, Iranians, and Syrian assistance to either of them, Hezbollah or the Iranians. Syrian involvement, military involvement with Hezbollah and the uh, uh, and um, you thought this Iran. was necessary because I mean, there's actually a lot of players in this conflict: the Turks, the Russians, the Americans. But your your strategy, as far as militarily is concerned, is specifically targeting these groups and attacking yeah. them specifically. But it confuses the picture because it means it's another military player in the game with a specific set of interests who is you know, flying sorties across the border. Look, what can we do? If they are, in, they are, you know, it's complex. Yes, it is, but uh, that doesn't mean that we can ignore it. And would it not be an option to rely on the Americans and who are also flying sorties? To rely on the Americans? Yeah. Where exactly? Well, are the Americans present in this area? No, they are not. They seems to have given up their desire to be the major player in this part of the world. I mean, this is not. Uh, 
a matter of uh, criticism. This is not uh, a matter of uh, you know uh, offering any particular opinion about the American decision. Just stating a fact, and uh, therefore we don't need to rely on them. We have to rely on ourselves. If that well, that is true. But doesn't that hugely change the map of politics in the Middle East? I mean, the association. I don't know if it hugely changes the uh, political map. It does impact the political map. But uh, one has to remember that uh, it's true that America used to play a much greater role in the Middle East. But Israel never ever relied on the American military power to deal with the uh, military threats and security threats to the state of Israel. And if you want, then uh, the last famous example is the destruction of the atomic reactor in Syria. I instructed the Israeli army to do it in 2008, and we destroyed an atomic reactor in Syria because uh, we thought that this was uh, dangerous. We didn't ask a permission from anyone, we just did it. Put it the other way around, it's created an opportunity and Russia has moved in. <coughs> Putin has taken advantage of that by, you know, Syria was a long time uh, Soviet and now Russian friends. And Putin has seen an opportunity, perhaps, to um, back Assad and create a base for Russia, in effect, with uh, Tamar's support, with the airport, and that uh, he's expanded his interest in the Middle East, in Syria. Well, I think remembering history is very important. Is this the first time in modern times that Russia has a military presence in Syria? No. So there is nothing dramatically new in this situation to start with. During the uh, 73 war uh, and afterwards, there were military. Uh, there were uh, there was a military presence of Russia in Syria uh, before 1973. A Russian aircraft was shot down by Israeli planes over Syria. Uh, so we had history of confrontations with Syria with Russia over Syria, also over Egypt. So, historically, Russia had military presence in the Middle East, both in Egypt, where they were kicked out, and both in Syria, where they chose to pull out, and now they took the opportunity uh, that was created for them by the weakness of the uh, Syrian government, and they came in again in order to establish and maintain their exit to the Mediterranean through Latakia. Uh, and to protect uh, the uh, Syrian government after I think they have reached a conclusion that there was not any viable alternative other than possibly the ISIS or some branches of the jihadi movement which they thought would be uh, uncontrollable. You mentioned uh, that you are targeting the Iranian forces but don't want to get to a clash with the Russians. But the Russians but yeah. don't want to get to a clash with the Russians. But at the same time, the Russians and the Iranians have become much closer. I mean, is that a relationship that worries you or is it just a great game? And Again, you know, don't lose track of the real proportions. Is Russia really getting so much closer to Iran? Who provided Iran with the nuclear uh, fuel for the uh, uh, reactor, the nuclear reactor in Boucher? Not Russia? Years ago, in the last 10 years, who provided Iran with the S-300 
few years ago, is also Russia. So number one, there are close relations between uh, Russia and Iran, which are going on for many years, and Russia always wanted to exercise the option of having influence in that part of the world at the expense of a possible American influence. And this has and it has been sometimes against also what we defined as the real interest of the state of Israel. I had many discussions with uh, Vladimir Putin about uh, Iran and about the potential supply of uh, nuclear uh, fuel for the civilian uh, reactor in Boucher and supply of S-300 to Iran. And at time, he refrained from supplying the S-300 to Iran, he said, because I convinced him not to do it. But still, there were very close relationships. So I don't think, I think that Russia uses Iran for its own ends. Russia will not allow Iran to endanger the state of Israel. This is my conviction. But at the same time, Russia will not hesitate to make use of the influence on Iran if it can service the interest of Russia. So it's a pragmatic relationship. I think that this is a pragmatic relationship, certainly not any ideological uh, closeness between Iran and uh, Russia. Uh, Putin is too practical and person in order to suddenly be swept by some emotional ties to the Islamic uh, fundamentalist government of Iran. So given that you understand his motivations, given that he's using Iran as a part of the campaign, then that uh, encourages you that, that, uh, that Russia will actually stop Iran from attacking Israel. And in that sense, Russia is an ally in protecting your interests. I didn't say that Russia will stop Iran from attacking Israel. I said that Russia will not assist Iran if they will try to attack Israel. And if Israel will attack Iran in order to protect itself, Russia will not intervene in order to defend Iran. And the fact is that we have been attacking Iran on the Syrian land for the last year, a hundred times or more, and the Russians didn't intervene. We have created a special pattern of communication with the Russians in order to let them know when we are taking Syria, to, in order to avoid precisely what had happened uh, just a few weeks ago. But, uh, you know, we can uh, refrain from attacking uh, Russia, and we will definitely continue to uh, refrain from attacking Russia. We have no interest in doing it. But we can't save the Russians from the idiots that they protect such as the uh, Syrian uh, air defense. And, what, do you think, uh, what do you think his, his goal in the Middle East is? What's his goal? I mean, why the goal of whom? Russia. Look, the Middle East is an important region which has always been of great interest to Russia. And Putin used to tell me many times in the past, look, I have nothing against Israel. I will not allow any one to endanger. I will not assist anyone to jeopardize the security of the state of Israel, but don't get me wrong, I will not lose my position of interests in those places, even if it means good relations with countries which are not in good relations with Israel. This is the interest of Russia. It's been an interest of Russia. It's been before 1970, before 1967, and it was carried on throughout. So I don't like it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not happy with it. 
I have a lot to say to Putin, even when I'll have the opportunity to share with him some of my observations, I'll definitely share with him my discontent with some of the things that Russia is doing. But I uh, don't accept it outright as uh, uh, some kind of a master plan against Israel. It's a master plan for Russian interests. Shifting ground slightly, the Americans have reimposed their sanctions on Iran, the nuclear deal. Yes. And uh, I saw a report uh, from Israeli TV that Netanyahu was, was boasting that he actually was the one that persuaded Trump to reimpose these sanctions. Who? Netanyahu? Yeah, is there any truth to that? I don't know, maybe. Maybe. But certainly, it's in Israel's interest to see the sanctions reimposed. I mean, the Russia, European Union, China are all now working to break these sanctions. I'll tell you something. The, the question is, if you ask me whether it is in the interest of Israel that there will be sanctions that will strengthen the stability and the well-being and the strengths of the Russian, of the Iranian government, the answer is absolutely yes. And whoever mobilized it and motivated the Americans to do it certainly deserves the credit, whether it is Netanyahu or not. The other question, which is not less important, is, is it good enough that America cancelled its participation in the agreement with Iran while England and Germany and France and China and Russia are all tied up to this agreement and America is imposing new sanctions or whether it should have been kept within the framework of the agreement with America participating in the agreement. That's a tough question. I think that the agreement was better than it was described by the Israeli government and by Trump and therefore I did not uh, support the uh, cancelling of the American participation in the agreement. I don't think that this was necessarily the most useful move against Iran. We don't have any proof that Iran has violated the agreement or the uh, restraints that were imposed on it. So I'm not sure that this was the best move. Because uh, Iran's economy is being destabilized, uh, he needs to be under political pressure as a result of the real currency has collapsed. And surely it's not in Israel's interest to see Iran's economy destabilized to the point where it collapses, because that will just invite hardliners to take over, surely. It is open for different interpretations. I'm not sure that it is in the best interest of Israel, and I'm not sure that it is not in the best interest of Israel, because uh, a collapsing uh, Iranian economy weakens the government. Uh, uh, a weakened government will have to consider uh, more uh, what is uh, the real priorities of Iran. Are the real priorities of Iran keeping the direct uh, confrontation uh, political and otherwise with Israel or, or perhaps the Iranian uh, interest is to change its strategy altogether. So, uh, you know, it's hard to say what is really good for Iran. Uh, I think that uh, considering uh, what I know about the general attitude of the Iranian government towards uh, Israel uh, and the West, uh, it is still uh, better that uh, there will be sanctions imposed. Last question, briefly. The, um, 
military campaign in Syria is almost over, so much as the rebels being pushed yeah. out. Although, of course, there's still pockets and there's still fighting going on. But what happens next? Assad lost his moral authority in the eyes of most of the world, certainly in our eyes, in my eyes, and I tried to make peace with him, and he was dumb enough not to understand how useful it can be for the stability in Syria in 2008 when he pulled out almost in the last minute for making an agreement with me, uh, which could have been an historic turning point in the history of the Middle East. He lost the moral authority because he butchered and slaughtered 500,000 and more of his own citizens. This is not something that can be forgotten or will ever be forgiven. So, as far as we are concerned, uh, Bashar Assad is, is done. Okay? And eventually, he will be thrown out. But I hope that he will be thrown out from uh, his position in Syria by genuine Syrians that are patriots of Syria and uh, patriots of the real interests of Syria rather than uh, extremists, uh, jihadists, uh, radicals, uh, fundamentalists that uh, threaten to put Syria into a greater chaos. Is he capable, is, is Bashar Assad capable of rehabilitating uh, Syria into um, more stability and more economic growth and more quality of life and greater consensus? I don't think so. I don't think that as a minority on the first place of Alawi, which is a small minority of uh, Syrians, to have killed 500,000 of his own people, to have put his country into such a turmoil and, and, and chaos that it has never been through uh, its entire history, to believe that afterwards he could change, switch everything into a, a different pattern, I doubt it very much and I think that therefore the choice will be between a very tight, brutal regime or a position that will be strong enough to overthrow him. And my guess is that there will be a genuine Syrian opposition that will try to overthrow Bashar Assad without putting Syria into a turmoil of confrontation with jihadists and radicals, the Russians will not intervene. For them, Bashar Assad is not that important. He is important when the choice is between him and the caliphate. But when the choice is not between him and the caliphate, but between him and another genuine Syrian that will be more popular and acceptable to the Syrian people, for the Russians, this is not a major issue. That's my reading of the thinking of Putin. Prime Minister, thank you very much for taking time. Thank you. Thank you. Take care.